Blog Talk Radio. Hit on that. Growing up hip hop. 
I'm excited about to see uh, maybe tomorrow because I want to see Egypt performed a, li- a little bit. But I don't know how I feel about Love After Life, I mean, uh, growing up hip-hop this year. I don't know. I'm kind of bored. I don't know. I, the other girl who's coming in, there's a girl coming in, JoJo's daughter. JoJo from Casey and JoJo. Like, she coming in with already, like, an attitude, and I'm sort of like, oh, my God. And I want to give her the benefit of the doubt, but she's angry. It's like she's upset about Angela Simmons because Angela dated a guy that she used to date, or they, she was in a serious relationship with. But now neither one of them are dating. So I'm trying to figure out, what the hell are you mad at Angela for? <laughs> when neither one of you got them. What the hell is going on? So I'm a little confused about the storyline for growing up hip-hop, okay? Because I'm like, they're just throwing something in there, right? So, yeah, you know, um, so that's that on that. Uh, you know what I'm excited about? I saw the preview today for the new a movie coming out about Venus and Serena's father, King Richard. Will Smith is playing the lead. Oh! <gasps> It looks like it's going to be so good. And listen, this is the perfect time for King Richard to come out. And let me explain why it's the perfect time, you know. And I don't want to sound insensitive because y'all know I'm hardcore. I'm going to sound a little insensitive, okay? But with the recent, and I don't knock nobody's mental health. Listen, I don't like knock nobody's mental health. I grew up, grew up with having anxiety. I have anxiety from time to time. I get it, okay? Uh, I get your mental health is everything, okay? But these motherfuckers is going to find out how easy they got it once they see Venus and Serena, King Richard. <laughs> it was just a different time. If you were... Uh, if you're born between the 70s and the 80s, it was a different time. Especially <laughs> the 70s. 67, it's a different time. Xer, it, I mean, we as an Xer, I kind of laugh at kids. I, I don't mean to because I understand their mental health is different because we're producing kind of a weaker stock. No offense. It's because they don't have to go through the shit we had to go through, and that's good. I mean, we should have had mental health breakdowns. I mean, we we grew up in the crack era. <laughs> Some of y'all got everything going for you. You got good parents, <laughs> money, <laughs> grew up in the suburbs, got to take gymnastics, everything, and y'all got mental health. I'm not trying to say, but it, I, when you see probably that Venus and Serena story, I mean, I think a lot of, I mean, King Richard's story, a lot of y'all going to change our mind about, like, what's, uh, uh, about people just, and I'm not trying to knock Simone, because I'm going to talk about Simone a little later on in the show, just leaving the Olympics. I don't understand. And a lot of y'all is out here okay and shit, and I'm like, mm. Like I did with Naomi Osaka. And I, listen, I was okay with Naomi leaving the thing because she couldn't, I'm okay with you going to get your mental health together. But Simone I have a little different feel for because she got all the way to the Olympics, got out there, 
and just walked out. Wait. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and, I, and, you know, I understand people can have anxiety and everything. But Simone has done this before. So I'm I'm confused. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be anything. But I'm gonna, we're going to talk about it a little bit later on. I know y'all got upset. Some of y'all got upset about Snow and Layla. Listen. Okay, I was a little harsh on Snow. Was I? No, I wasn't. But I could have been nicer. I did say she was talented. I just said, take down your hair <laughs> and be snow. <laughs> I thought that was good advice. <laughs> I don't know where you're mad. Where you're mad. Please don't be mad. It's just my opinion. Oh, my goodness. What else this week? Oh, man. You know... I almost went to D-Nice, and something was saying to me, don't go to D-Nice. Something was saying to me. And then it sold out, and I was like, okay. So I told my girlfriend, I said, you know, let's hold up. Let's let's see what's going on. Now there's this lights festival, and guess who? Guess who's at the lights festival? Maxwell! (laughs) My friend's like, no, hell no. (laughs) They like be on rotation for Maxwell. So they're like, uh-uh, because I, I try to start off telling them it's a bunch of, bunch of other people because the lights festival in New York, they they having this lights, what's the festival of lights or what the fuck, whatever it's called, festival of lights. I feel as if, though, but part of me does not feel like I should go to New York for this. Let me tell you why. There's a part of me that feels like, you know, don't go to New York for the festival of lights because doesn't, didn't, wasn't Maxwell supposed to have a show that you had bought, like, tickets for and... You literally bought a plane ticket. It was he was lucky it was New York. I would cut somebody out via like their page, but it was and it wasn't like Nebraska somewhere. But I had already bought the tickets and everything, only for it to be postponed and never rescheduled. So I was sort of like, you know, I feel like sideways. Do I really want to go? <laughs> but. They have a lot of interesting people on there, a lot of younger artists who I would like to see. Her is on there, H-E-R, whatever the girl's name is, her, uh, and Maxwell's headline. It's a two-day pass. It looks very interesting. And I'm still teetering, you know, because I feel like shit. I mean, to be honest. My shit be, should be free. They should be giving me, after I, I should be Maxwell's number one thing. He should be giving me a free ticket that I came all the way to New York and just, for nothing. <laughs> uh, but I'm considering it. I don't know. But I also want to go to Wendy Williams' show. So Wendy Williams be starting back, but I don't know how the COVID going to be because y'all Delta variant out here and all this shit. I don't know if they're going to shut y'all asses down again. So I'm not sure quite really. Am I willing to go to this? I'm back, I'm teeter-tottering, teeter-tottering. But I do have a friend who's saying, hey, I may go with you. <laughs> All my other friends are like, uh, oh, somebody else is on that show. <laughs> I was trying to tell them everything, but man, so then they look it up. Oh, uh-uh. <laughs> Hilarious. But, yeah, so I'm excited about that, okay? It's in late October. I don't know if y'all going to make it, though. I'm I'm scared to buy a ticket. I'm scared to. I'm, COVID has left me with uh, so many fears, and 
Maxwell's Justice concert. What was that Justice? What the fuck was that show? The Justice? I forgot the what other Maxwell. All of that, all of that has left me traumatized. So I'm scared about it to get to New York, only for it to be canceled. COVID and the Justice concert just left me. I'm traumatized with buying tickets for concerts in New York. <laughs> on the radio she was asking about should she do another song or duet with somebody and let me tell you I was in the car listening to this radio person and I just fucking rolled my eyes and like what the fuck is she doing I mean how many fucking duets and solos I mean duets and trios and shit are you gonna do I mean I feel like she came out doing duets When you, I'm like, is your talent not sacred? It feel, you, you know, it feels like she's whoring her talent out to everybody. Like, I'll do a song with you. I'll do a song with you. Chris Brown, I'll do a song with you. Hey, I'll do a song with you over here. Hey, I'll do a song with you. I'll do a song with you. I mean, I'm like, she's doing too many songs, too many features. And, you know, when you have such a, like, a talent like hers, Super Alicia Keys is what I call her. When you have a talent like hers, I feel like it's sacred. Like you don't, you can't, it's like holy ground, you know? You Like Sade. Like you can't do songs with everybody because you're sacred. Like you're special. Your talent can't merge with everyone. Oh, she's driving me crazy with all these Features. It's like, are you going to keep casting your beautiful pearls before swine? I mean, is there nothing sacred about your talent? Or are you just, maybe you are some sort of industry plant. Maybe you are getting ready to be the mass produced Alicia Keys. Even though Alicia was mass produced a little bit. But I feel like Alicia was. I remember Alicia doing a lot of duets and stuff. I don't remember early on her doing Maxwell, maybe one, my boo Usher. She had a lot of people in her videos. I don't know. But this girl is like, I, I'm just, I'm like, I'm, there's too many duets. It's too many. It's too many. It's like, you know, like when you are a special artist, you don't want to align with everyone. I forgot who I heard they said. she. They read a tweet of hers or something. Or something on the radio, and they were saying, she was saying, should she do a duet with somebody? I'm like, fuck no. You've done, most of your hits have been, most of your stuff has been fucking duets. What the fuck are you doing? You on the radio right now with Chris Brown. That's not that great. Stop. Save it. Like, I heard she said she was going to do a song with D'Angelo. I'm like, that's, that's, there it is. D'Angelo, do something with D'Angelo. Do you see, like, do you see Lauren Hill? I mean, not that Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill don't even make records somewhere. But I could not possibly see Lauren. Yeah, Lauren does features and I mean little stuff like that. But it's she's very sacred with it. 
Like, could you see her just owing herself out to everybody? I do a song with you. I do a song with you. I do a song with you. That's how I feel about ATR. I'm starting to be like, ooh. It's, it's a lot. I just want her to understand that your talent is special. Be very selective about who, you know, it's almost like the industry. People are giving her bad advice. Oh, you want to strike while the iron's hot. You know, let's do something with Chris Brown. Let's do some some young, hot, hip hip person is trying to tell her, hip A&R person or whatever they do, is trying to tell her record exec, you know, you need to hit while it's hot. You know, like just let's mass produce hits. Like giving her bad advice instead of saying, Take your time. Produce greatness. It's like it's like they want to spin her real fast so she can make money real fast. It's almost kind of crazy. It's like hit, 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 hit. It's kind of scary. <laughs> I see why people kept saying she was the industry player because it seems kind of weird. I know there's a lot of money behind her. But it seems like like an artist like her, I would tell her to be very selective about the duets that she does, about aligning herself with every type of artist. If if you're going to align yourself, because you're such a throwback, you're such you're you're kind of distinguished a little bit distinguished for your generation. I would say either doing with the older artist, somebody older and more seasoned. Maybe here and there with a, a somebody that's hip, but not much. I would she's aligning herself to every fucking body. I think it's how many has been duets? How many duets has it been? Even the new, the new kind of uh, the ones that the Daniel Caesar types and stuff. Even that. I mean, you know, all we needed was one. I mean, but since then, I feel like she's done four or five. Like it's like it's constant. Like she's she's. When did she even do something with Jasmine Sullivan? It feels like she's all over the place. It's like, calm down. Time. What you have is good. Don't listen to some hot shot telling you just to just get, 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 do this, do that with that, do this with that. And if you think you should do something with everybody, I would say, what you do is sacred. What you do is great. It's not many artists who can do that. And you have to protect your energy. And you just can't align yourself with every fucking body. It's just crazy. Oh, my God, I was so irritated when I heard that this week. I was going, no, 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 no. She doesn't need to do a song with anybody else. Fuck, Stop. And let me just say this, because somebody was saying, you know, no, Maxwell, don't do a song with her. I'm, stop, stop. I'm, let me just say, no. She's done too many duets. She's, uh, no, 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 no. Because I said, I know he's talked about doing a song with her. No, please don't. Somebody know Maxwell, no. Tell him no. No, no, and no. <sighs> At this point, I'd rather see him do something with Noah Allegra, and that's saying a lot. You know it's bad. <laughs> if I say snow <sighs> I really am excited about King Richard though. <sighs> we'll talk about a little bit more about that later on in the show. I'm gonna try to have a short one show today. 
you know, we're going to try to keep it short. Y'all know how I be saying I'm going to keep it short, and I never do. I know I be on some shit, but, you know, it is what it is. Okay, so what else? If my words should betray my emotions, I hope you'll understand just what it is that I'm feeling. right now are making the world oh and that by the way that was a little bit of incognito I was playing while you guys had to wait for me to get back on the line but corporations are making the world a smaller place in my opinion for an expansive customer base we can now unite the world as one I mean isn't that been the dream since Alexander the Great since Nimrod the Antichrist Hitler, uh, the dream of having not just uh, the American customer, but the world. Here's the thing, my personal opinion. You're going to see more and more global stars. You're going to see more and more globalism. America, here's the thing. I think America doesn't realize it's been sold down the river. The corporations are just not that important anymore. They want the world. Not to make the world a more harmonious place, no. They want more cash. So they can fly to space. 
I suspect that the NBA needs a globalist. You know, hey, I was not surprised that, uh, what is it, who won this year? Milwaukee won with Guinness there. I was not surprised. Why? Because the NBA's huge stars, Steph Curry, LeBron James, are getting older. They need a younger crop of stars. And they would like to spread out internationally. What better than to make a Nigerian basketball star? Oh, shit. Oh, people are getting ready to get mad at me. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. It gives you the whole, it gives you world base. It gives you Africa. It gives you a certain part of Nigeria. It gives to create world stars through the American super lens. It's no longer about nationalism. It is all globalist. And these people want this because they want to expand their customer base. In my personal opinion, you will start to see more globalism in music. You will see more globalism in film. And there's not, it's nothing wrong with that. It's just that Americans will be sold out. Not because these people want to expand to the world American value. No, because they want more of a cash base. And they would like, my personal opinion is they would love America to be more like China. As you see this happen, you will find more and more. And, and you know what? These celebrities and people like that who are going for this, you're gonna be gonna get it, you're gonna get it the worst. Because has if there's going to be need a need to make more globalist stars. Like even when I saw this week, uh, what was I saying? Snake Eyes, which is really good, by the way. No, it kind of reminded me of a Marvel flick. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it was okay, but. Here's the thing, it was a little bit of Black Panther in there. <laughs> well, it was interesting. It was a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on. But I feel this is you know, there's always been different groups of people in film, but I really feel there's a gunning towards globalist agenda. Like no longer will countries be able to be their own individual uh things. Because individualism in countries like America, America is the main one, does not work well for the globalist capitalists. America stands in the way for globalist capitalists. I mean, you know, what did America used to be, all the politicians would adhere, would make, um, make corporations adhere to American values and rules and stuff. But all they did over the years was put politicians in place who would fall for, in my personal opinion, probably bribes and who were more in on the globalist agenda. What's been happening, is, in my opinion, is America has been hijacked, okay, and it doesn't know it yet. And has the world, has we moved towards more globalism and Americans 
standard of living starts to go further and further down a fucking rat hole, we will see. And that's all. Don't say I didn't warn you. Okay? You're starting to see it with corporations. Corporations are doing little things to appeal not to Americans anymore. I mean, they've always had a globalist, you know, people have always wanted to hit the world. But remember, there was a time that you had to, to sell over in America. You had to appeal to America. You had to make American rules. America is very nationalist. But now America has become something different. And now Americans and Americans are no longer that important. The corporations have sold you out. But it's going to be a sad day when Americans figure that out. <laughs> oh, wow. They're flying to space, you know. Maybe they're looking for a place in space once you guys get pissed off, you know. <laughs> once you, once it's not just angry white men climbing the Capitol, but it's everybody. <laughs> they want to be in space when that shit happens. <laughs> Let's go look for a place that we can go and be fucking safe. <laughs> Just my theory. It's okay. It's just my theory. Oh my goodness. I say too much on this show. I really do. Oh, when we come back, I'm gonna tell you this. I really don't have a show today. I'm really going out for like my stuff I had put up, like I wanted to, little stuff I have on on Facebook, little stuff I wanted to talk about and hit on real quick. So when I come back I'm gonna hit some of this news that I wanted to hit on. We're gonna talk about Simone. And, and and we're going to talk about uh, restaurant. This restaurant, it's funny, in California, says they want uh, proof of unvaccination only. <laughs> Hilarious, okay? We're going to talk about that. And what else do we got to talk about? Oh, my God. It's so much shit. I don't know. I'm trying to get it out before, you know, you know it's too late. What are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about Megan Harry, and we're going to try to. Kelly Clarkson out in these streets. Got to give up $200,000 a month. Girl, you better hope that talk show shit works. <laughs> a New Orleans woman, very sad news, dies of COVID-19. But she was fully vaccinated. Talk about that. And we're going to talk about Myla Kunis and Ashton Kutcher talking about they only bathe their kids if they see dirt on them. Now, I got a best, one of my best girlfriends, Malika. She is, I call, she's OCD. I can call her up. Like, one day I was I was at this, uh, uh, <laughs> we were at this. This thing for the Cowboys, right? And the Cowboy cheerleaders, it was a whole lot. It was like a big party, right? And they had, I thought it was so cute. It was outside. The party was outside on a rooftop and everything. And they had a, a whole huge thing they rolled out of donuts, like, on this wall, right? It was so cute. I took a picture of it, <laughs> and I sent it to my friend, who's OCD, Malika. And I just wanted to see what she said back. She wrote me not more than a 60 seconds later and said, 
is that outside? Oh, my God. It's probably flies <laughs> and everything on that donut. Don't you dare eat one of those donuts. She's so funny. I'm serious. You have to go to a restaurant with her to understand her. But, and even when we used to work together because we met each other working, it's a funny story. God, more. Here's a funny story. We worked together at Hallmark. And so sometimes we would have dinners where people would bring in food, like around holidays and stuff like that. And so one of the ladies <laughs> brought in this really good dish, right? And so we're all back there, and we're eating it. It's, it's like, so good. It's so good. Malika comes to the back, and she's just watching us. She's just looking at us. She's not eating, but she's watching all of us. She comes to the back break room, and she says, Ooh, she said, I could just see her now stirring uh, <laughs> stirring that batter mix and licking the spoon and putting it back in there. Since that's how she double dip all the time when we bring food in. <gasps> we were all, all people that were back there just suddenly put their food in. <laughs> I mean, like, she literally had been watching the lady. <laughs> she saw her double dip a couple times at work and never let the lady. And so none of us could eat the food. And she does it again with another lady who brought in some more hors d'oeuvres because this lady had a picture with her cat in the refrigerator. She's like, ooh, I bet it's just cat here all through this. <laughs> but this is my friend Malika, okay? So I send her this article of Myla Kunis and Ashton Kutcher. I've got to read it for you to appreciate it. Let me find it. Oh, my God, it's so dear. She's probably mad. She's probably going to be like, I know you're not reading my text. <laughs> but i got to find it. Hold on. She's hilarious. Okay, where do I have her? What the hell? This is crazy. Only bath if you see dirt, nasty asses, poor kids being taught all around. <laughs> That the that Myla Kunis and Ashton Kutcher only bathe their kids if they see dirt. <laughs> I couldn't wait to hear what she had to say. So when we come back, we're going to be reading that article. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more on the CC show. Y'all, I'm back. I'm trying to give y'all a show real quick, okay? So meanwhile, um, here is a portrait. Here we go. I'll be back in a moment, okay? <laughs>
Simone told today's Hoda Cobb, I don't know if I'm saying her name right, that her teammates were freaking out when she told them she was leaving the competition. They were, like, crying, and I was like, you guys need to relax. You're going to be fine without me. Go out there, kick some butt, just like you've done in training, and just lay it out on the floor and see what happens, she said. Simone could see uh, could be seen during the competition cheering her t- teammates from the sidelines and even helping to move around mass, mats for them. In a press conference after the event, Simone said that she took a step back because she didn't want to do anything silly and get injured. I thought it was best if these girls took over and did the rest of the job, which was which they absolutely did. They're Olympic silver medalists now, and they should be silver medalists. <clears throat> what they have been gold with you, Simone. But I digress. Let's keep reading. Uh, it could be seen during the competition cheering her teammates on from the sideline. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm reading the wrong line. But it says, they uh, abs- the Olympic silver medalists, and now they really should be proud of themselves for how well they did, she said. Simone said this has been really stressful at the Games. Just a whole lot. Not having an artist, there are a lot, an audience, there are a lot of different variables going into it, Simone said. That it's been a long week. It's been a long Olympic process. It's been a long year. Just a lot different, a lot of different variables. And I think we just, we're just a little stressed out. We should be out here having fun, and sometimes that's not the case. Simone later repeated that she felt stressed out before the meet, noting that she was shaking beforehand. I've never felt like this going into a competition before. I tried to go out, she said, but once I came out here, it, I was like, no, mental is not there. Okay, wow. <laughs> so I just need to let the girls do it and focus on myself. I'm going to sound cruel. People, Most people will not agree with me in this day and age. And I understand mental health. I'm not knocking it. I get it. However, it sounds like to me, you just said, I don't fucking feel like it today. My mental health, not that my mental health, my mental isn't there. So I'm just not going to go out there. Team, do your best. (laughs) Y'all new kids are something else. And then it's easy to start saying, well, it's it's really me. I've had a mental health issue. <laughs> wow, this is so wild. <laughs> and I understand, listen, it's, we're in the middle of COVID-19. It's a very different situation. There's not an audience there and all that. But I do believe you guys knew that before you were going to the competition. I just don't think this is a good thing. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't. And I'm not knocking her not being able to, you know, her mental health. But I'm, I I mean, is this going to be the new excuse now? Like anytime somebody feels a little bit nervous or a little bit, hey, hey, it's my mental health. (laughs) I can't. That's why y'all need to, that's why I'm so glad this movie with Venus and Serena is coming out, King Richard, because y'all need to see it, because y'all need to understand what, now, if anybody could be yelling mental health, Venus and Serena Williams should have been. I mean, they grew up in the fucking 80s in the middle of Compton, (laughs) trying to be tennis stars in the hood. 
in the 19 crack epidemic hood in a, in California, Compton, L.A., <laughs> the home of the Crips and the Bloods. Y'all for real. Y'all can't stop me. Oh, Lord, let me stop. Woo-hoo. I cannot believe. And, you know, and half of these kids have had great lives compared to <laughs> It's unbelievable. It's, I, and I'm not laughing at the whole ideal mental Yeah, I am. I'm kind of laughing. But I, it's not that I'm laughing at mental health. I'm laughing at this is, is this going to be a new excuse. Is anytime somebody feels like they're nervous or can't play, oh, my mental health. <laughs> I, I don't get it. say to that i mean i know people are probably gonna write me and say you're upset i'm sorry ahead of time okay <laughs> let's talk about megan and harry before i go to the phone lines okay megan and harry planned money making schemes long before they left the royal fold embittered staffers claim this is according to msn lifestyle the daily beast via the daily beast okay it says Prince Harry and Meghan Markle were clearing the way to make millions through commercial deals while they were still working members of the British royal family, it has been claimed. Uh, the allegation is one of a series of new char- charges to be leveled at the couple by disgruntled former employees. Given th- that provenance, the new allegations will be treated with some skepticism. Mm-hmm. However, the fresh claim does jive with charges made last week that Megan and David Farnish secretly pitched Netflix as early as 2018. <laughs> oh, it's a funny story tonight. With her idea for an animated series, Pearl, about a girl of the same name who draws inspiration from strong historical female figures. At the time, Megan was still a fully-fledged royal and would have been expected to seek permission from the palace to pitch commercial or non-commercial media projects. The new allegation reportedly uh, emanates from a small band of former Sussex employees who are said to be considering whether to dish the dirt on the couple, apparently out of concern that Harry's forthcoming memoir will not present a full and accurate picture of their lives as royals. Former employees have in the past jokingly referred to themselves as the Sussex Survivors Club, okay? Um the Daily Mail's Dan Wooten, the journalist who first broke the news that Harry and Meghan were quitting the U.K., quoted a source in his report late Monday as saying that consideration was being given to a plan to allow former Sussex staffers to put their side of the story to reporters through friends and that a blind eye could be turned to any, uh, any violation of the Official Secrets Act that typically restricts former employees from divulging details of their royal appointments. Wooten quotes a source as saying that the former staffers are convinced the book aims to settle scores, adding, many of the secrets they know are explosive and will blow up much of the victim's narrative so carefully crafted by those two. For example, some of the staff members were aware of commercial conversations that were going on when they were still full-time royals. They were clearing the way to make millions long before Mexit was revealed. Okay, here you make it as funny as hell to me i i don't know you know listen i've already said megan marco was 
was raised as a biracial white girl who <laughs> who probably does not did not even pay attention to the dynamics of race until she got into the royal family. She thought she was going to be treated as a white girl in the royal family, and they didn't treat her like that. And so now she's yelling, race! <laughs> I can't, they asked me what color my baby was going to be. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I've always felt Megan Markle was an opportunist, but hey, a smart one, but I felt the same. Hey, don't get mad at me. I know you guys have dreams of palaces in your head and all this stuff, but I just, I'm serious. I never bought the Meghan Markle thing. I would not be surprised if she was pitching Netflix as far as 2018, okay? Harry and Meghan go make lots of cash, okay? Lots of cash. And this memoir, if he's doing a memoir, which I'm, let me look here. I just saw something. Hold on. Okay, this one from Stylecaster says, Prince Harry just responded to rumors he's releasing another tell-all after the queen dies. Well, shit, that could be another 50 years. <laughs> that is a tough old bitty. <laughs> what is she? She's 95 or 96. Now. She drives. She is no joke. <laughs> She's a special breed. Just because you said you're going to wait. If you wait till after she dies, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Oh, no, she's tough. Uh, it says, the truth comes out, uh, Prince Harry responded to rumors he's releasing another book after the Queen's death. The Duke of Sussex confirmed in July that he's publishing a tell-all with Penguin Random House in late 2022. Oh, she, okay, I'm writing this not as a prince. I was born... I was born, but as the man I've become, he said in a statement, I've worn many hats over the years, both literally and figuratively, and my hope is that in telling my story, the highs and the lows, the mistakes, the lessons learned, I can help show that no matter where we come from, we have more in common than we think. He continued, I'm deeply, oh, yeah, we do got a lot in common with you, Harry. I mean, you were just born into a family of colonizers, and, you know, you had castles, and you get paid from the taxes of the people of Britain. <laughs> yeah, we're all like you. We're all like, we're all like you. <laughs> anyway, he continued, I'm deeply grateful for the opportunity to share that what I've learned over the course of my life so far and excited for people to read firsthand account of my life that's accurate and wholly truthful. However, the Daily Mail reported on Monday, July 26th, that the upcoming memoir isn't the only book that Harry plans to release. The newspaper claims that Harry signed a four-book deal for a starting price of $25 million <laughs> and a possible final figure of 35 to $40 million. Damn. The Daily Mail reported that the first book, which Harry already announced will be published in June 2022, around the time Queen's Platinum Jubilee, the newspaper claimed that the second book, another memoir, will be held until after the Queen, 95, dies. The third book will be a wellness guide written by Harry's wife, Megan Parker. <laughs> the subject and the author of the fourth uh, book is still to be determined. Um, after the Daily Report, Harry responded to the rumors in a statement to Us Weekly. A spokesperson for the Duke of Sussex confirmed that Harry signed a four-book deal, which he did, okay, but called the Daily Mail's claim that his second book will be released only after the Queen has died inaccurate. The representative also denied that any of Harry's book plans and releases are, are related to uh, 
are related to the queen's health or death. Okay, according to the Daily Mail, Harry had two publishers fly from London to Montecito, California, where he lives with Megan and the kids, uh, one month for an auction for the book deal. Other publishers took a vital video. Uh, vital. Other publishers took a took part via video call. He conducted negotiations. He had a very take it or leave it attitude. The source said, "Those involved were actually very shocked by his approach." Which was which was to look at them coldly and state his demands, $25 million. In Britain, publishing is still rather gentlemanly uh, industry. It's high stakes, but it's still conducted in very Gentile terms. Listen, Harry knows that in America, y'all are desperate for the dirt. Harry and Megan planned this shit out to a T, okay? I am not surprised about the shit you're going to see from Harry and Megan. Okay, this is the beginning. But I will tell y'all this. Y'all better quit. I've said it. Time and time on here again. It's my favorite thing to say. Y'all better not fuck with that stone too much. <laughs> okay? Stay dangerous. I would say ask Diana. But, you know. Hey, I'm just trying to give people warnings out here in these streets. They not to be played with. You know, we're talking about, we're not just talking about you know, I know y'all like to think of her as a cute little queen sitting up there on that. You know what Megan was saying? It's your grandma. Remember she said, and Harry's like, no, it's the queen. <laughs> on Oprah interview. No, she's the queen. Britain is a monarchy. I know Britain people don't. They, they love to think of themselves as a democracy, but you're not. I mean, isn't it just this year they were trying to make more rules that makes it harder for Queen Elizabeth to abolish Parliament anytime she wants? <laughs> Oh, she's very much a ruler, okay? So when you're talking about rulers, um, they're not easy to play with. You can't play with rulers like that. This is not, you know, uh, the celebrities, you know, even though celebrities are allowed to, to attach themselves to royalty, it's, it's, it's a different game when you're playing by world rules, rules and ro- when you're playing with world rulers, Okay. And Elizabeth is definitely a world ruler. I'm going to keep messing with Elizabeth, you know, and Philip done died. I don't know, you know. Philip kept a lot of things out here together. Now, you know, she might be rough rider right now. <laughs> so I, she's very much, oh, she's very, they said she's very keen. She's very aware, they say. I believe that, too, because you can't be her. You know, it's so funny. Here's why I laugh about Elizabeth. Is she ever planning on letting Charles take the throne? I think hell no. Because <laughs> she's 95. Elizabeth's like, I'm sitting on this throne till it ends. <laughs> I ain't going no damn here. Right here on this throne. And I dare y'all to move me. <laughs> I like Elizabeth. I do. I really respect Elizabeth. I actually do. Okay? All right. So, 314, I'm going to take your call. What's up, 314? What's going on? Carlotta. Hey. Hey, you. How you doing? It's Pianchi. I know. Hey, How you doing? Someone was tapping on my window and told me Ooh. to go check. Something was tapping on the window. Uh-huh. That brought me to see, that found out that you was on the show. Oh, okay. What was that? What was that? I don't know what it was. I, I just heard tap, tap, tap. 
Tap, tap. Wow. But anyway. Oh, wait a minute. I wanted... Something that I, that's kind of wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, look, wow. I want to talk about uh, the gymnast. Okay. And <clears throat> I've heard all kind of conspiracy okay. on why she uh, pulled out. I've heard that. I didn't. I didn't mention some of them. <laughs> I heard one about a boyfriend, and she had having sex, and first time she ever had. I don't know about that anyway. I said, "What do they got to do with it?" But I tell you what could be is when the Olympic Committee was making remarks on how they're going to score her with these extraordinary, unseen before performances that she gives, these these plays, you know, she'd be jumping up cleaning like she's gonna come out the top of your T V. Okay, okay, yeah. And see, they may have in saying that it was telling her to tone it down a little bit. Well, if you have practice for a long, long, long time to be the best at what you are, and even when you achieve that, you take it yet another step forward and start becoming creative. And she does have some routines that have been named after her that seemingly nobody else not only has ever seen before but cannot do. Mm. So maybe that the Olympic Committee Ask her to tone it down, which, in fact, we'd be doing what? She would be throwing the event. Yeah. Kind of like Sonny Listens and Muhammad at the time, Cassius Clay, in the second fight. Remember? Mm, I heard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's really yeah. racist for them to do that. I mean, I, you know what? If that is the reason, I'm totally, I mean, I'm I, I just didn't get the mental health thing because I know a lot of them are using the mental health thing. And I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on here? But if that is the reason because they're judging her heart, I, that is, I agree with you on that. If that, yeah, that that's that's a little different. That and I hadn't heard that one. I've heard yeah. uh, some people thought that uh, um, they were uh, kind of being more harsh on. Um, Black black female athletes. I, I know I've heard a lot of different dot, different re- reasons, but from America, I've heard a number of different things. So I don't know. I mean, but she said it was her mental health, and so that is where I'm going. Okay, wait a minute. Well, we can <laughs> we can go with what she said. Yeah. And I don't know why they're saying they're hard on black female athletes like the other girl, whether they share her, share her, talking about she lost her mother. <clears throat> Yeah, well, it's another that, black wrestler. And I can't, her name, last name is Mensa, meaning that she's probably from Ghana. She she uh, wrestles for America. Okay. And she just lost her mother. And she have taken, I think it was in the preliminary, but she she's, she's coming to uh, Tokyo. Wow. I, you know what? Mm-hmm. I think with other girls, too, here's the thing. I think a lot of these athletes do not want to play where there's not an audience or they feel, I think a lot of, because I know that was happening with the NBA. A lot of people were sitting out and things like that. And 
and plus, I do believe that glo- we're going to start to see more globalist winners. I, I don't think that. I think America. I think there has to be uh, a selling of globalism right now. I don't. I don't think it's like you know where America dominates. America dominates. I don't. I don't think you're going to see that anymore as much. Well, they say they say Nigeria is going to take over football and basketball in the states. I can believe that. I can. I can mm-hmm. totally believe. That. Yeah, One reason, uh, they're hungry for it, and uh, they different as far as culture and that's concerned. You wouldn't see them out there kneeling. They've got a different diet. So that's what the article I read. Expect that. Yeah, and I, I, I can agree with that, but I also think that's just the way corporations want them. Like when I see the some of the bigger athletes sitting out and stuff like that, I think it's just the way – I think America doesn't realize this in since Donald Trump left, it is in a really pivotal state between globalists and globalists and nationalists. And I think that we – my personal opinion that America has been hijacked by globalist politicians. And that you're well, I agree with you. Corporate, corporations. So we're going to see – I think you're getting ready to see a whole other thing because they want more – uh, a bigger audience, I, just my, a bigger. Uh, well, you know, consumer. you love sport and a lot of hosts, Carletta, on the topic, on the things that's going on. Now, I don't, I don't buy the mill leader because she would have went through that long time ago. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and she's more mature now, so it's yeah. either that or maybe she is hurt. I don't know, but we'll find out. Yeah, we'll find, and, and it's already reporters who I, I've heard are, are out there really trying to find out the truth of what's going on with Simone. I, mm-hmm. yeah. You know she it's, got this boyfriend so who's a football player. I think who he played for Houston or somebody like that. Pretty, yeah, she's been dating him for a minute, like for about like a year or so. Mm-hmm. A year. Well, hell, yeah, she's so. used to him by now, wouldn't she be? Right. Yeah, so I don't know if I buy that rumor, though. I don't know if I buy that's the one. I don't know if I buy that one. Mm-hmm. Because you know, I, I think I might I might say that I wouldn't say I don't know if it's a boy. But I ha, I think it has to be something deeper that made her something because she did it right at the like right there. Whatever happened in that moment, mm-hmm. she just walked off, and I think people were like, "What?" Like so to me, I'm like, "Hey, why are you? What what caused that to happen?" I feel like it was something that she knew ahead of time. And maybe she was just thinking about it during the time. Like, I kind of could go with the, what you're saying about the scoring. Maybe mm-hmm. she knew it was going to happen, and she just got ticked off thinking about it. And, you know, she might have – it might be bodily, because if you, if you ever have an opportunity to get a close look at her, that young mm-hmm. lady is nothing but muscle. Yeah. She's nothing but muscle, and she's older. Was she 24? Yeah, she's. I forget how old Simone is, but she's. She's. Yeah, probably like twenty three, twenty four. Yeah, she's twenty four years old. I don't think she's ever had a child, but her body is beginning to change, and in some cases, that muscle can be sort of a detriment. You know, you get older, you're not as. I mean, you, even for somebody like her, you become a, a little less flexible, and True. you've been pulling and straining those muscles for so long. But I tell you, uh, she's something else now. I've seen her do a routine where she ran and j- 
flipped and jumped up, and she went clean out of sight of the TV screen. <laughs> so, yeah. She's good. She's something she, she, Yeah. Yeah, and she changed the dynamic of that. That her not, like you said, her not being in it changed the whole. I, they would have been gold, <laughs> probably. Oh yeah, that's true. And yeah. you know, uh, black athletes <clears throat> coming into areas where they weren't uh, before, like figure skating. You had the other lady, Debbie something. I can't think of her name, but uh, she. You know, you had a, a young black uh, British girl brought some new dynamics to figure skating that um, triple pike or whatever the heck it is that had never been seen before too so that's that's the way things do people athletes evolve and see people don't realize that these athletes are faster bigger and more agile than they have ever been and you can see that in Hussein Bolt how fast he was to be so tall (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I'm gonna let Appreciate you get back to your show. All right, thank you. I'm glad you heard that tapping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I figured it was you trying to sneak in when you think everybody's asleep or something. <laughs> <laughs> thank right. you. Thank you for calling me. All right, bye bye. Okay, bye bye. <laughs> All right, you guys. Okay, I love what he calls you. He always has great things to say, interesting things to say. All right, so we were talking about uh, Megan. We talked about Megan. Let's talk about Kelly Clarkson. I mean, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Is that the saying? <laughs> Men have to pay because later on during the in the show, I'm gonna talk about you know Dr. Dre and how Dr. Dre is gonna have to pay his wife. Was it? Is it? What was some? It was some astronomical amount. <laughs> is it three? Was it like three point five million a year or something? <laughs> I told I kept saying on this show, Dr. Dre, leave her alone. <laughs> but uh, listen, Kelly Clarkson now is to pay Brandon Blackstock nearly $200,000 a month in spousal and child support. This is according to People.com. It says, um, a source previously told people that Blackstock have been aiming for more than double that amount, requesting that Clarkson pay him 436000 per month. Now, most of the time when people do that, that's a trick, okay, because they really want to land at 200 and some thousand. They just do that so that they can, you know, they can get somewhere in there. Now, here's the sad thing about this marriage, I, and I don't know if it was fact and fiction, but it was always mired in controversy, okay? People were saying in the beginning he was a player player. I don't know what's true and what's not, but it was a lot of rumors out there. Poor Kelly. Okay. But it says, Kelly Clarkson now required to pay her ex-husband, Brandon Blackstock, nearly 200000 per month in spousal and child support. A Los Angeles uh, County judge handed down the order Tuesday that Clarkson give Blackstock 150000 per month in spousal support, as well as 45601 per month in child support, people have learned. The arrangement means that Blackstock, 43, will receive 195000 601 in total from Clarkson each month are roughly 2.4 million per year. The order also requires the singer to pay 1.25 million towards her estranged husband's attorney fees and costs for their ongoing divorce. Ooh, that's, you know what? It's something, you know, women, here's the thing. 
I do understand women asking for money. I do. And sometimes I understand men, but it's something about a man asking for a lot. Because, you know, men, it seems like men are supposed to make their way, you know. And now, maybe I'm sounding a little, I don't know, I'm an old-fashioned, but it's like, you know, why? I mean, I can see taking some money from a rent that much. I don't know. Women, though, I understand because women are often, you know, they, the men is often the breadwinner sometimes in situations like that, and the women are often left with, uh, you know, you know, has being the support to him. But for the, and, and sometimes it can turn around with men in these roles. But apparently, Kelly knows nothing about the hypergamy. Uh, hypergamous hive. Kelly, uh, you know, look up the hypergamous hive. <laughs> you need that now. Okay, after this, okay? But it says, uh, a source previously told people that Blackstack had been uh, aiming for more. I already read that. It says, Clarkson is being represented by celebrity attorney Laura Weiser, who recently launched its over, it launched its over easy. The service helps streamline the divorce process for individuals who might be able uh, to obtain her services, may not be able to obtain her services otherwise. Clarkson filed for divorce in June 2020 after seven years of fucking marriage. You mean to tell me he only been married to her seven years? Let's really say six because it takes a while to file to file a divorce. He gonna make off with. $2.4 million a year after being married to her for only six fucking years? Oh, my God. What kind of fuck? <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. See, ladies, prenups are important. Now, I bet you couldn't tell Kelly Clarkson shit six years ago. And that's what the rumors was, that you couldn't tell her shit. Everybody was warning her against this dude, but she went on and did it. Honey, pay up, Kelly, because that's a, that's a hard-ass lesson. My, uh, my, the old folks used to say, a hard head makes a soft ass. <laughs> In your case, a pocketbook. Oof, your pocketbook's soft. Listen, this is, this, this, this is bad. This is bad. Uh, you probably couldn't tell her nothing six years ago. Like, prenup is important. It's like Fantasia. No offense to Fantasia. I don't want to consider everything's happy with Fantasia right now. It looks like it. She's had a baby and all that. But it's like Fantasia, uh, they, they said her, her her husband went and he asked her for a prenup. You know, I think that's kind of wild. But she wasn't even going to ask him for a prenup. I was like, oh, no. I mean, crazy. You girls, you can't be just be in love when you got all this money and you're dealing with dudes who don't have as much. You got to be smart and sign a prenup. My goodness. $2.4 million. In a declaration to the court obtained by people, Clarkson reasoned that she and Blackstock both deserved the opportunity to build a new life. Back in November, an L.A. County uh, judge granted Clarkson primary physical custody of the children, River Rose and Remington Alexander for a social close to the family told people at the time Clarkson is pleased by the custody ruling and that her priority is to protect her children. As Kelly said, her first priority in all this is to take care of the kids and all the hearts that are involved in this divorce. A second son said, it's been a hard time for everyone, but Kelly is pleased with the court's ruling regarding custody. 
Divorce is hard, and it gets tense for most couples going through it. But Kelly's primary focus is doing the best she can to protect the kids. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. That's just a hard lesson to have, that 2.4. Okay. Listen, when we get back, did I talk about Molly Kunis yet? I, I haven't talked about Molly, Molly Kunis and Ashton Kutcher saying they only bathe their kids if they see Dunham. Let's read this one right quick. This is according to Yahoo.com. It says, Myla Kunis and Ashton Kutcher recently sat down with Dax Shepard on the Armchair Expert podcast to talk all things parenting, including how often they bathe their kids. When I had a newborn, I also didn't wash them every day, Kunis said, according to BuzzFeed. I wasn't the parent that bathed my newborns ever. Ever? <clears throat> she and Kutcher have two children together. Kutcher added, now here's the thing. If you can see the dirt on them, clean them. Otherwise, there's no point. <laughs> Shepard agreed that using soap to get rid of the body's natural oils every day was a bad idea, suggesting that just water cleaning routine instead, Kunis added. I didn't have hot water growing up as a child, so I didn't shower much anyway. What? Kelly M. Cordora, MD, a professor of dermatology and pediatrics, recently spoke to the New York Times about this subject. Overbathing an infant may dry out the skin, making it itchy and rashy, she said. Her BuzzFeed, it can be very irritating and unnecessary, and it can wash the top layer of protective skin, natural cells, or normal health bacteria, leaving the skin itchy and vulnerable to irritation and possibly skin infection. Um... Minus Kunis opened up to the Telegraph in 2020 about her home and family. We do family outfits, she said, according to people. It makes everyone go crazy. Last year I dressed as a pig. I went as a pig, and my husband went as a pig. Listen, it's, they said they only wash the kids. It's one thing to not hardly bathe the infant. People know that you don't bathe your infants all the time. You know, every you know, you make sure they're clean and nice. You know, but to just say you going to, I don't know if they misspoke to this interviewer, but just to say that you don't, you don't give kids, you don't wash them unless you see dirt. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh God, what a mess. Oh Lord, I'm not gonna say. It. I already read y'all what Malik said. If you missed that, y'all have to rewind the show for that, okay? My friend Malik, who's OCD, she's tr- she cringes at this. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Myla Kunis and Ashton Kutcher. Wow and wow and wow, okay? Okay, so Israel claims Pfizer COVID vaccine less affected against Delta variant. Israel officials are warning that Pfizer vaccine is significantly less effective against the Delta variant of the coronavirus, the strain first seen in India that now accounts for 31% of the cases in the U.S. We do not know exactly to what degree the vaccine helps, but it is significantly less, said the Israeli Prime Minister Natif Natafali Bennett. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. The shot is still being is still keeping people from getting seriously ill in Israel, where over 60% of the population has received a jab. 
Just 1.6% have become critically ill compared with 4% of the pre-vax cases. Concerns are also rising about the effectiveness of vaccines against the beta variant, first identified in South Africa. The U.K. will require all travelers from France, including the fully vaccinated, to isolate for 10 days when they return because the beta variant is spreading there, though uh, though mostly in the Indian Ocean territories of the Reunion and Mayette. Okay, let me just say this about this Delta variant. Here's my personal opinion. When America started to reopen, and this is where Joe Biden just sucks, in my personal opinion, Joe Biden left the fucking border open down below, letting all kinds of migrants come in who were, a lot of them had COVID, they showed showed that most, a lot of them did have uh, the virus. He let them just cross the border. When I think that after us coming, you know, shutting down for a year, a major year, I, this is my personal opinion, okay, my personal opinion. America should have been closed. All borders, all international flights should have been stopped for a year. And we should have, and, and, and the government should have promoted America visiting Visiting America America's getting getting to learn America again Travel America It should have been closed coming and going Except for a few things or emergencies Like if somebody died or something like that And it it should have been stepped But instead, no And that's why we're My personal opinion is why we're having such a tough time now Just crazy. Now there is this one uh, restaurant in California where they're saying um, they want the uh, the unvaccinated. And I have to read that story when I come back. But they want uh, the unvaccinated to uh, uh, <laughs> to show. They want people to show proof of unvaccination in order to get into <laughs> in order to get into their restaurant. Crazy. And then this is a sad story. I want to read this before I go on break. But it says um, New Orleans business owner dies from COVID-19. Family says she was vaccinated. Uh, this is uh, uh, according to uh, WSDU. Okay, so let's listen to this. Uh, hopefully I got this up where you can, where you guys can listen to this. Uh, listen to the report. Okay, here it says, uh, New Orleans business owner Angel mostly devoted her life uh, to fashion and letting other young girls know they could follow their dreams. Mosley, 33, and fully vaccinated, died Sunday following a COVID-19 diagnosis, okay? Um, let's see, let's see if I can get this here. We get it up here. Okay, here we go. On to hear that she was in a hospital with COVID, I'm like, oh, my God, you know, so I knew she was kind of being protected. A young business owner who devoted her life to fashion and letting other young girls know they too could follow their dreams has died after contracting COVID-19. And state health officials say less than 10% of recent COVID-19 deaths are among those who are vaccinated. And tonight, the mother of the 33-year-old pleading for everyone to get vaccinated and continue to protect yourself. WDSU News reporter Shay O'Connor joins us with a story you'll see only on 6. Shay? 
That's right, I'm actually here at the Brave Boutique along Lake Forest, where, as you can see, family and friends have already started a small memorial in Angel's honor. Now, as you can see, there are flowers and a balloon. Those who knew and loved Angel says that she will be greatly missed. She was like, uh, I know I don't have COVID, she said, because I still have my smell, I still have my taste. She said, I'm vaccinated. Um, so when she went to the hospital, come to find out, she had it. Tara Mosley is the mother of Angel Mosley. She says everything happened so quickly. Thursday, Tara says Angel sent her a text saying she didn't feel well. Turns out Angel, who was vaccinated, contracted a breakthrough case of COVID-19. By the weekend, the 33-year-old was back in the hospital. Her neighbor brought her like 3, 2, 3 o'clock that morning. So she said, well, they're going to keep me because they say I have pneumonia. And uh, she said, then I have a high fever. On Sunday, some grave news. Tara received a call from doctors saying her daughter would not make it. Angel passed later that day. He said that her heart rate was dropping. And it was at that moment I knew. Angel was a driven businesswoman. Just last month, opening her first business, Brave Boutique, a shop specializing in fashion for plus-size women. It didn't take long for people from across the New Orleans community to start paying homage on social media after hearing about Angel's death. We are going to miss her very much. Dolores Fisher owns M&J Soul Food Restaurant a couple doors down from the boutique and brought flowers to pay her respects. I was just talking to her on last Tuesday and found out uh, this morning that she was gone. Didn't know, didn't even know she was sick. As COVID cases throughout the U.S. continue to rise and the number of breakthrough cases heightens, Mosley's family still encouraging others to mask up and vaccinate. This is such a sad story because, you know, she was just starting her life and, I mean, just starting her business and starting off. So prayers to her family. But I do want to say this, okay? Life is strange. It just is. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, y'all, to me, the only security is God, okay? But um, vaccine or no vaccine, I don't think that the people know enough about anything. I think we're dealing with something that they just don't know. And I think that uh, one of the things I just want to encourage people to um, to not do is to not be angry. Just try to keep showing love, whether somebody's vaccinated or non-vaccinated, okay? Because there are people who have gotten vaccinations and uh, passed away. So there, you know, even though it's rare, it still can happen. And so people have the right to take their time to think, uh, decide what they're going to do because it is a very serious thing, you know, either way. Okay? So this is very sad. This young lady had the vaccine and passed away, okay? Uh, and then Israel is talking about how Pfizer is might be less uh they may be having problems, less problems with, you know, putting with Pfizer, you know, as far as uh, uh, it may be need a booster, allegedly, out in these streets, okay? So, you know, just, wow, 
you know, that's that's just a sad story, okay? I wanted to share that. All right. Okay, so when I come back, we're going to talk about Joshua Jackson reveals that wife Jody Turner Smith proposed to him. I don't know why he did that, okay? And uh Whitney Houston uh, uh and Art Kelly uh news and um let's see what else kind of trying to get to the oh we got to talk about dr dre order to pay uh 3.5 million dollars per year in spousal support i said quit messing with nicole now at first i thought nicole was wasn't right but nicole nicole wasn't playing no games out in these streets <laughs> nicole was not playing no games okay and then what else we got to talk about uh We'll have a few more stories. Oh, Power Book 2. I did see Power Book 2 this week. I really, I mean, last week, it's really good. I like it. You know, it's kind of starting slow, but the breakout star is the mom. I really love her. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I am watching Raising Cain, okay? So that, you know, I'm, maybe I'll talk more about that as the story gets on and gets more settled into the story, okay? Keisha Cole's mom this week, Frankie, passed away, uh, was it last week, last last Friday or Saturday? Very sad. All of us remember Frankie from Keisha Cole's uh, show, reality show that used to be on BT. Frankie was struggling with addiction. Uh, allegedly, she passed away of over, an over overdose. Very sad news. Um, you know, I always loved Frankie and Keisha's <clears throat> relationship, and one of the reasons why is because I can relate to Keisha Cole so much during that, during their struggles, like, you know, and stuff like that, because, you know, she was raised by the Coles, which was kind of Frankie's, I think Frankie's adopted family or something like that. And the dynamic of Keisha and and Frankie had in that situation was a very interesting relationship. This one I can relate to, you know, uh, with my own uh, parents. So I really, uh, really appreciated Keisha and, and her family sharing that story. And, you know, sharing, if that was a tough story to share, right? Even in the midst of while she was becoming a great star, big star, she's having to deal with a mom who she wasn't raised by, but was raised by the family that her mom knew, or kind of adopt, was adopted into, or kind of like, not really adopted, but kind of, it was like her second family. Had to deal with that. And the meeting her other family members and stuff like that, I thought it was it was such a powerful story. So and it was very brave of Frankie to share her addiction and everything that she was going through. So prayers for the Cole family, uh, you know, I mean for uh, and for uh, Frankie's family and all the siblings and stuff like that. Very sad, uh, very sad. So I really um, prayers for them. It's so sad that she lost her fight to addiction. You know. Drugs ain't no joke. So I be telling people, quit if you can, try to quit fucking with them drugs. Them drugs is no joke, okay? No joke out in these streets. All right. Um, when I come back, we'll share. A cu- I'll share a couple of more uh, news stories that I said I was gonna get for y'all, and uh, Dr. Dre and stuff like that. And then we'll sign off early, okay? That's what we'll do, okay? So meanwhile, let me get y'all some. What we gonna play? Real quick While we go to break I don't know I had something up (laughs) What are we going to do? I thought 
thought it was Here We Go. We already played that. <laughs> okay, no plans for love. Uh <laughs> Neo, is it too is it too late? Yeah, it's too late to play no plans for love. Y'all can, y'all wanna be hyped. <laughs> we gonna do that. No plans for love. D nice, Neo and uh Kent. It's the CC show. I'll be back in a moment, okay you guys? <laughs>
He's hilarious. Let him know I was home. <laughs> God, I be trying to hide shows. Y'all, 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 y'all find me, okay? But yeah, I be trying to sneak a show in for y'all for the weekend because I will not be on this weekend. But you guys, hey, listen. Hopefully, y'all enjoyed this one and you know get some good laugh at some, and get some good laughter at these hot topics, okay? That we're discussing. It's some hot topics I had, I needed to discuss, and I forget. You know, I'm like. Dang it, did I forget anything? Like, I'm trying to go through them, and I'm like, is there something I forgot that I really wanted to talk about? I don't know yet. <laughs> uh, hopefully, I got everything, you guys. Uh, but we're going to continue on what I got. It says, Dr. Dre ordered to pay $3.5 million per year in what spousal support. <laughs> this is according to theblast.com. Dr. Dre's ex-wife, Nicole Young, just scored a victory in court after he was ordered to pay almost 300000 a month in spousal support. But the legendary rapper also sees it as a win. I don't know how. 
<laughs> According to legal documents obtained by the Blast, the music mogul and ex-wife were both in court for hearing for a hearing this week. By hashing out the specifics of how much will be paid in temporary spousal support, in order in the order, Dr. Dre was ordered to pay two hundred ninety-three thousand three hundred six per month to his ex-wife, which is due the first every month. Dre is ordered to pay Nicole spousal support in the sum of two hundred ninety-three thousand three hundred six per month, payable on the first of each month, commencing August first, twenty twenty-one. The order states, if you do the math, that is a whopping three point five hundred nineteen thousand six hundred seventy-two dollars in a in a, a year in support, not including other expenses. Okay. The payments will continue according to the order until the party receiving support remarries. She Nicole is never gonna get married <laughs> unless somebody real a real baller, unless Jeff Bezos comes along. <laughs> the Nicole ain't messing up their checks or <laughs> enters into a new domestic partnership. Okay. Uh, death or death of either party. Nicole, who is rep by powerhouse attorney, oh Lord, don't be trying to put her on the ID channel now. Don't be playing. Nicole is rep by the powerhouse attorney Samantha Specter, is also getting her health insurance paid by Dr. Dre, which will be similar to the coverage she had during her marriage. All other insurance for Nicole will be paid out of her pocket. Shit, out of Dre's pocket for three point two million a, a year. Dr. Dre uh, looks at the decision as a victory for his team after Nicole originally asked for $2 million a month in support. Oh, Dre, you don't get it. She was asking for something ridiculous, too. She might have hoped to get 500 but she wasn't She wasn't thinking she was going to get that much. To those of you counting, that's $24 million a year. So the, so the 300 K a month is a bargain. The rapper's team believes this is only temporary as a couple has an ironclad prenup. No, no, Dre. Uh, Dre, you know, Dre, Dr. Dre is funny. I mean, he really wants to fight. I mean, I don't understand the why. She was married to you for 24 years. She has two children with you. Dude, you got away with three-something three million a year. It's a pretty hefty sum. Uh, before uh, until she remarries or dies, <laughs> but listen, hey, she's never gonna get remarried. Like I said, let's just Bezos come along. But Trey, here's the thing: you were in the hospital with a. He almost had it. He had an aneurysm <laughs> during his divorce. It's, he and he's still trying to fight her. You know he's been with this woman for a long time, and Dre is probably some mess she knows about you, and we all know the rumors about your past, okay? You need to calm down, thank the judge for this $3.something million a year, and keep it pushing. <laughs> Don't come back for her. She ain't playing up a year, okay? Uh, they have been arguing since the beginning of, the, uh, about, of this divorce. They say it has reported Dre and Nicole have been at war over finances in their book. After the rapper claims the couple entered into a prenuptial agreement that made his business separate property, of course those businesses, including Beats Headphones, made him a billionaire. According to Nicole, Dre has $262 million available in cash and Apple stock, and their living expenses are almost $2.3 million a month. Now, listen, let me explain something. Remember now how y'all love to call people billionaires. 
pay attention to what she said Dre has available in cash, $232 million, $262 million, okay? And he has Apple stock and stuff like that. So a lot of times when you, when people are calling people billionaires, be very careful about hearing what that is. Is that liquid or is that other things? they got to go cash something else to get out to get cash, okay? Because there's that, there, people are throwing around that billionaire thing, just a lot lately, okay? But it says, shockingly, Nicole claimed the couple spent over $245 million in the past three years. Uh-oh. And wants to maintain the, la- maintain the same lifestyle after the couple is divorced. In the end, Dre's ex-wife is asking the court in order uh, to order the massive estate's last half, and the rapper is arguing she should get nothing from his successful business. I don't understand that when she's been with you for 24 years, okay? <laughs> uh, we are guessing this will end in a global settlement, and e- even if it's not half, okay? We are guessing the code uh, nor Dr. Dre will have to worry about money ever again. Yes, yeah, she's going to get a pretty penny, and he needs to quit arguing and fighting it. If there was a prenuptial, here's my thing about Dre. If there was a prenuptial agreement, like he said, that's ironclad, there wouldn't be all this fighting. It'd be simple laid out. But something's obviously wrong here. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, this will be interesting to see how this uh, goes, okay? Uh, let's see, what else? What else? What else did I want to talk to you about? Oh, Nick Cannon. Yes, y'all know Nick Cannon is about to launch his daytime talk show, right? Now, they're saying how in these streets, Nick is having a hard time getting guests, okay? This is according to com. Via OK Magazine, it says Nick Cannon is struggling to book A-list guests for new talk shows, okay? Two months ago, Nick Cannon announced the launch of his new talk show following his very public penance for making anti-Semitic remarks. Now Nick is having trouble booking A-list guests because nobody wants to be associated with him. And this is from OK Magazine, uh, and this is also on RhymesWithSnitch.com if you want to read the article. It says, the insider spilled that Cannon's team is having a bit of a hard time finding the guests it needs to launch within the fall, adding that although many industry bosses have forgotten the 40-year-old for his past hateful remarks, several are worried about putting big names on his show because of the scandal. Cannon is reportedly hoping his ex-wife Mariah Carey will be one of the first guests and claim other celebs' uh, nerves about appearing on the daytime talker. Uh, Carey and Drumline alum tied to the knot, tied the knot in April 2008 after a six-week romance. The duo split in 2014 but continue to co-parent fraternal twins Moroccan and Monroe. Um, Here's my thing. I don't think Nick, I may be wrong on this, and I I have to see the first show to be very for sure, first week of shows, okay? But I personally don't think Nick is going to do good in daytime. Daytime is very fickle. And during the day, there are a certain group of women at home, and I always say women run daytime television, okay, in terms of women are the watchers, the majority of watchers for daytime, even though that uh, dynamic is changing uh, as time moves, goes on. Nick Cannon right now in the news, and I don't know if he's having trouble getting, if this is true, he's having trouble getting A-listers, but right now in the news, Nick is not looking so good, and it's not the anti-Semitic marks he's not looking good for. It's because Nick is being seen as a philanderer, a womanizer, 
a baby daddy, you know, having kids all over the place. And when you're appealing to women in daytime TV, that is probably a no-no. If women don't think of you as some man, a man they would like to get to know or like or has a friend, like I'm a Michael Strahan type, you know what I'm saying? But Nick is kind of sullied that up. My personal opinion, Nick needs to be at night. I don't know. I saw, speaking of that, Cyborg, I saw this show Tiffany Haddish was hosting. I don't know if it's a nighttime show. I just saw a little bit of it. It come on in between uh, some movie thing or something. I don't know what it was, but uh-uh, uh-uh, and uh-uh. That's all I got to say. And no offense to Tiffany Haddish, but it ain't working. I said what I said about Tiffany Haddish. She needs to get back on the road and work out some comedy, okay? But anyway, uh, yeah, but she had a nighttime show. I think that Nick... He's not probably having. He's probably having a hard time getting guests because Nick is, uh, is you know people are worried about his reputation. He's sort of becoming future like, and to go to daytime TV, that might be hard. You know, here's what I think: Nick may need to need a setup sort of like he, like that controversial talk show he has on YouTube. Now he won't do that anymore because he's scared of what after the anti-Semitic stuff came out. However, though, I do believe in order to gain any kind of audience, he might need to go the way of Donahue. That may be the only thing that saves him, you know, being more of a political show. You know, it may be every now and then fun. I don't know. But I would have to see the first week. When I see the first week, I'll know. But I, I, I've, my sus- suspicion is that um, Nick won't do well in daytime. And I'm not trying to wish him bad. That's just my suspicion because of the situation that is going on right now. Okay. Um, Let's see. What else do I want to talk to you guys about? I have... uh, Trying to figure out what you guys are, what I didn't talk about. We talked about Nick. Oh, the baby. Oh my God, y'all so upset about the baby. The baby addresses his homophobic uh, comments in new music video. Apologize, apologies for being me. This is according to EW.com. It says after being slammed by fans and fellow artists like Elton John and Dua Lupa, the baby is addressing his homophobic and inaccurate comments while on stage at the Rolling Loud Music Festival in Miami on Sunday. The rapper dropped a music video featuring a pseudo-apology on Wednesday accompanied by lengthy defensive Instagram posts, complaining that a substantial amount of people refused to understand logic. The video for the rapper's new song, Giving What It's Supposed to Give, which wrapped filming this morning of the baby's outburst in Miami, features him holding up a sign reading AIDS. At the end, credits the rainbow letters display the message, don't fight hate with hate. My apologies for being the same way you want You want the freedom to be you, okay? The song also featured lyrics, bitch, we like AIDS, I'm on your ass, we on your ass, bitch, we won't go away. 
After taking the stage at the music festival on Sunday, the rapper greeted his audience with a homophobic rant. I don't know if it was a homophobic rant, but I'm going to go read it. If you didn't show up today with HIV, AIDS, or any of them deadly sexually transmitted diseases that will make you die in two to three weeks, then put your cell phone lighter up, he said. Fellows, if you ain't sucking dick in the parking lot, put your cell phone lighter up. The comic quickly led artists like John Lippa and Ladder, and the latter of whom collaborated with the baby on her levitating remix to condemn his words on social media. The baby was also dropped by the clothing brand Boohoo Man. Okay, we've been shocked to read about the HIV misinformation and homophobic statements made at a recent The Baby Show. This fuels stigma and discrimination, and is the opposite of what the world needs to fight this AIDS epidemic, John tweeted Wednesday. Um, Listen, let me just stop here. It was stupid what he said. I didn't hear a homophobic rant. I just said if you ain't a nigga sucking dick in a it's more like a down low rant because niggas sucking dick in the parking lot sometimes is a down low male thing. You know what I'm saying? Not all the time, but, you know. I don't hear the homophobic rant, though. Maybe I'm wrong, but I do hear ignorance in his uh in his what he said, okay, a lot of ignorance, okay, and especially you have to understand what the HIV stigma is in the black community, especially among women and stuff like that, and, you know, it's crazy what he said, it's stupid what he said, uh, am I surprised somebody like the baby said it, no, uh, but, you know, I think there's far too much cancel culture, and I think that while I think his comments were ignorant, I also think that uh, the LGBTQ can ch- sometimes can just jump onto a lot of things and just go crazy, okay? But I do, do I think his comments were stupid? Yes. But, it's, you know, I mean, look at the situation here. Look at who was coming. <sighs> Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna argue this. Hey, it's just, it's just, it's just crazy, okay? Um, what else did we want to talk about tonight? I'm trying to think. We got the baby out of the way. Um, is that all? I thought I had something else for you guys. Okay, let's go to break. I'm gonna go over it. Make sure I have all the stories out tonight. Yeah, I'm gonna make sure I have all the stories. I'm gonna go to break and. When I come back, I'm going to uh, catch up on any of the stories that I don't have, and we'll get them out because I'm trying to I'm trying to get off early tonight for you guys. Okay, so but I just wanted to give you guys a show because I wasn't doing one this weekend. All right, so let's listen to Janet. This is one of my favorite Janet songs. Oh my God, this is my stuff right here. Can't be good. It's the CC show. I'll be back in a moment. Okay, you guys. Happened to me. Smiling in 
you know, I always believe women that if you're the prize, you should not, nobody should be proposing to to, to a, a man. A man needs to make that decision himself. So I always feel like the relationships are imbalanced when there is a female asking <laughs> a man to uh, propose something. That's my thoughts on that, that Joshua Turner. I just wanted to talk about that real quick because everybody was talking about it. No big deal. But everybody was talking about it, especially because uh, Joshua, I think, is white and Jody's black, and it's been a lot of controversy on some things that Jody has said in the past regarding her relationships with black males and stuff like that. I won't go into it now, but here's the deal. The deal is sometimes I think, and not, I'm not saying this about Jody, but sometimes certain black women, uh, and I used to have a friend like this, you know, They gave black males a hard time. I'm not saying that black men sometimes don't deserve a hard time, but like I had a friend that would give black men a hard time. I mean, just a hard time as far as dating them. But the white male, she was she was constantly chasing. Constantly. I mean, and I I really felt that the reason she did that was because she wanted to be accepted, not just by white males, but into a certain part of society. She had a certain view of herself that just wasn't healthy. And so I, I'm not saying that's Jodie Turner, but I just feel like that sometimes the women, there are some women that are that desperate even to be in those situations with, and her husband I think is kind of wealthy or something like that. I don't know. I can't say the reasons why she asked, but I just feel it's, it's, it's always men will maybe respect it less if you ask them. That's just my personal opinion. I don't know. Fellas out here, what do y'all think? I don't know. Let me know. I don't, you know, comment under that uh, post on the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page and let me know what y'all think. Okay. Now, I don't know if I got this R. Kelly story up. Is it up? No, we don't have the other sound. Okay, hold on. The bombshells dropped today in New okay. York's case against our... Okay, we did. We begin. Okay, let's go. Okay, I want you guys to hear. This is about R. Kelly, the new allegations being dropped about R. Kelly. So let's take a listen to that. The first time we're hearing of a John Doe, a young boy, R. Kelly, is accused of abusing. And a Cook County official bribed our Jermont Terry read the court documents front to back live in our Streetside studio tonight. Jermont. Brad, the feds are laying it all out in these 52 pages. The new accusations accused bribery of a clerk here in Cook County and described young boys as R. Kelly victims, too. New federal documents from NYC for the first time accuse R. Kelly of molding young boys. In 2006, court papers show Kelly Miller, John Doe number 1, then asked the boy what he was willing to do to succeed in the music business and clarified he wanted John Doe number 1 to engage in sexual contact with Kelly. The teen introduced Kelly to a male friend. The complaint goes on to say... Years later, Kelly started a sexual relationship with John Doe number two. At times, he even paid John Doe number two after sexual encounters with him. The complaint says the boys met Kelly when they were both 17. Prosecutors say they have a witness who will testify Kelly made her download child pornography involving boys. The complaint says they found screen recordings of young males engaging in sex acts. One video is approximately 10 minutes long. 
prosecutor say Kelly's cell phone had a video on the device also indicates the file was created on the device in May 26, 2019. It was just a quick little ceremony. That was months after the surviving R. Kelly documentary was released. In the series, countless women spoke about what they described as physical and sexual abuse by Kelly. The federal papers say in 2019, Kelly's crisis manager told Kelly that he had two people who know a lot and told Kelly to figure out what you can do for them, suggesting the people were open to bribes. Those bribes include someone who works at the Cook County Courthouse. Prosecutors say the crisis manager told Kelly to pay the clerk in Cook County $2,500 in order to obtain information about Kelly's legal trouble. The feds say there's a recording of the entire conversation. Now, R. Kelly remains in federal custody in New York City. The R&B singer maintains his innocence, yet he is still facing two separate trials, one here in Chicago and the federal case in NYC. Kelly's attorney has until the end of this month to respond to these new accusations. Otherwise, his federal trial in New York gets underway in August. Reporting live in the Streetside Studio tonight, Jermont Terry, CBS. That was from uh, ChicagoCBSLocal.com. Listen, I'm going to tell you, when I start seeing the feds and people put a series of charges on somebody like Art Kelly, I start to think they don't have anything, and they are tainting juries through the media with various charges. It's not that I don't think nothing wrong with Art Kelly. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I don't think they have any evidence on R. Kelly. And when we start coming up with boys, now we got little boys, now we got sex trafficking, and they're 17. It's a lot. It starts to sound like you're hoping, you're throwing shit to the wall and hoping it sticks. And uh, I think this documentary rolled out a whole lot of wild cases on R. Kelly, and R. Kelly is somebody they've been trying to get for a long time and sometimes prosecutors will take these cases because these are big name cases knowing they can't prove them or at least hoping something sticks to put r kelly in jail and i'm betting one of them charges he's got so many charges one of them gonna stick something one of them probably is because they don't care if it's one of them they just want one but my concern is the tainting of juries by this information being released out into the public because it's, people already have their minds shaped, some people. So my question becomes, can he really have a, a fair trial? I'm not quite sure. And I will say this. He's not the only person out in show business doing this shit. And if Art Kelly was doing all this shit, there's a whole lot of people who knew a whole lot of you mofos that knew and didn't care, okay? And probably was doing probably a lot of them doing it too. Thing, and I'll just say this to anybody who is doing foul, hideous things in the industry, and I'm not saying R. Kelly, he's innocent until proven guilty. But here's what I will say, that when they done with you, they done. They ain't going protect you. Your ass going to be R. Kelly too. Harvey Weinstein, not in these streets, okay? When they done, they done. You can do all the vow shit. They'll cover for you when you're valuable. But when you ain't shit, hmm, maybe even throw some shit on you, okay? So, you know, be careful out there. Look at T.I. and Tiny right now. I ain't heard no lot, no nothing lately about T.I. and Tiny. 
But it's just the fact that they messed up their reputation. Even if nothing comes with the T.I. and Tiny allegations, the stuff is out here now. And that at one time, various women allegedly have been accusing them of sexual assaults and stuff like that. It's just a mess. Crazy. Okay, so I I had to read that because I, I really just, on that note, I'm not quite sure if I uh, believe that, okay? Uh, Whitney Houston, okay, this is according to uh, Verity.com. It says, Whitney Houston's estate announced that an evening with Whitney, the Whitney Houston Hologram Concert, a new residency at Harris, Las Vegas, will begin on October 26th. The concert will feature the virtual image and voice of the late singer, backed by a live four-piece band and background singers and dancers performing all the hits according to a promotional video, Okay. This event has been in the works uh, since at least 2019 when the state first announced its partnership with publishing management Primary Wave. Primary Wave acquired 50% of the state's assets. What? Primary Wave acquired 50% of the state's assets and the singer's former manager and sister-in-law, Pat Houston, Share plans for a cow, Pat. Somebody get Pat. Pat, the fuck? What the fuck are you doing, Pat? She done sold off 50% of it. Bobby should have, Bobby would have been there. I Bobby would have did a better job. Damn it. Pat Houston shared plans for a hologram tour, an album of unreleased tracks, and a musical. Despite questions about the ethics of using a hologram technology to engage with the dead, Pat Houston has repeatedly shared confidence that Whitney would have appreciated the event. Mm-hmm. Okay, Pat. In 2011, Whitney and I discussed her idea of an intimate unplugged tour. It was a project we called Whitney Unplugged or an evening with Whitney, she said via press release. While Whitney no longer is with us, her voice and legacy will live on forever. Let me just stop. <sighs> It goes back to what I was saying about H-E-R at the beginning, you know, I mean, in the music and duets, just duetting with everybody. Is there nothing sacred? Pat, is there nothing you won't do? Remember, you know, I knew there, no, the answer to that question is there is nothing she said. Just in my opinion, that she won't do it. Maybe I have a misunderstanding of Pat Houston. But ever since that reality show where Bobby Christina clearly wasn't fucking the whale at the time, and they let that shit run, I mean, a little fucking train wreck, I knew that there was nothing she would not do. Holograms of... It's just eerie. It feels like we're tapping into something that we should not be tapping into. We have videos of Whitney. We have our our CDs and music. Let's hold on to those memories. Something doesn't seem right by projecting a hologram image of her. You know what it's like to me? It's like 
when people say that people, do you remember the curse of the Egyptian curse when they was digging up the Egyptian, uh, the the tombs and stuff, and a lot of people say there was a curse. Uh, I think it was Tutankhamun's uh, 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 tomb, and a lot of people died who had dug up the tomb. They were saying it was a curse because you, it, it was sacred ground. You were interrupting sacred ground, and that's how I feel about these holograms. I mean, shit. It feels like it's sacred. It's like. It, it feels like you're digging in something you shouldn't be digging in. Like, just let Whitney's concert play. Oh, I didn't like it with Michael Jackson either. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Let Whitney rest in peace. Put on a concert video. Put on a fucking CD. Put on a fucking album, vinyl. Put on whatever you want to. But just don't let go images come out dancing across that ain't even hurt. Oh, Lord. Ugh, this is a hot mess. I'm not for it. As you see, Pat, is there nothing you won't do? Shit. I'm disgusted, as you can see. What's the, is this the last story coming up? I think I'm going to make it the last one. I, the Pat, the Whitney Houston story just took me. I'm, I'm just not, you know, it's a lot. But this story was interesting to me. And y'all know how I like a good bit of, you know, church. I'm like, I like Bible stuff and Bible scholar. But this was a very interesting story. It says anti-vaccine disinformation spreads in Asia. This is according to Bloomberg dot com okay um microchips magnets mark of the beast those are just some of the things that u.s anti-vaccine warriors have falsely claimed covid19 shots contain that same disinformation is now spreading halfway around the world sparking fears and endangering millions in southeast asia where the virus still rages from thailand to the philippines Parts of the population are reluctant to take COVID-19 shots. That's worrisome for a region where tens of thousands of new infections are still being reported daily, partly due to more transmissible variants, and where inoculation has been sluggish, mainly due to shortage after rich nations snapped up stock. Wow. Hold on, let me see here. Make sure I'm getting... Okay, it says anti-vaccination propaganda on social media is fueling, fueling this hesitancy. False narratives from anti-vaccination movements in the U.S. and also from local sources are now circulating on Facebook and other platforms. Oh, my God. Hoaxes claiming vaccines supposedly change one genetics makeup or are part of an Illuminati agenda to get hundreds of views. I mean, how we know this that's uh, uh, hoaxes. We don't know that. But since the problem is ex- exacerbated by vaccine in- inequity, with richer Western nation, with richer Western nations getting the lion's share of super effective mRNA shots, poor countries in the region are left with fewer available brands. Some choose to wait until they can get higher efficiency uh, shots. Okay. Um, listen, it says governments and companies are fighting back. Of course they are, especially the companies. Okay, let me just stop this right now because a lot of these people, especially in the, um, and I'm not here to tell you to get a shot or not, okay? 
But a lot of these, a lot of people have been saying that, uh, and this is what I want to address in these Asian countries, that this is the mark of the beast, six, six, six. Okay. Um, this is not the mark of the beast. Now, remember with the mark of the beast, they said you would need to be, in the Bible, it says you'll need to be able to buy nor sell, and they took the, you know, took, a, they take the mark in their forehand and their head, right? Um, this is not it. This is medical. Uh, here's the thing. I do believe it is a picture, though, if you believe in the end times. Because, you know, people say that the Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist is already in the world. Do I believe this? No. I believe he got a vaccine. I don't believe we got the market of beats. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that, and I don't believe that at all, but I'm saying that this is a picture of how easy it will be to pull the system of the mark of the beast over for those who believe in end time and end time prophecy. The mark of the beast will be easy. All they got to do is spear y'all into it. And to tell you, you will neither be, you will not, like they're doing today about the vaccine. Oh, you can't, you're not going to be able to do anything without the vaccine. You're not going to be able to do this. It's actually discrimination what they're doing. But they're, they're saying you won't be able, so they, they're already, so eventually one day when the mark of the beast comes, if it, if it, if it comes, for those of you who believe in it, it'll be easy to come. All they got to do is scare you into it and say you can't buy nor sell. Y'all run out to get this thing. So I do believe it is a picture of what kind of society we could be moving towards and that it is easy to push people into doing things as long as your motive behind it is fear. Easy to start saying stuff like, do it for the good of the community. Do it for the good of this and that. It sounds just like a George Orwell flick, right? And I will tell people, you don't make people, people who are not vaccinated, a lot of them are very smart. You don't make people who are not vaccinated want to get vaccinated by pressing them all every day, talking about doing it for this, doing it for this. You make them more spooked out. What about the good of your community? What about this and that? That sounds very new world order. It sounds very Orwellian. Very 1984 animal form shit. Scary. Scaring the shit out of people. People don't want to get vaccinated. Vaccines, when you got Stumbling Joe up on the uh, 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 town hall meeting going, uh, 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 uh. Like he said, he was stuck for a long time the other day. I said, shit, ain't nobody going to want to get the vaccine after he and Joe talk. <laughs> shit. It looks like Joe need a, a boost for it to, his, uh, to the memory. I don't know what the hell's going on. But anyway, yeah, I mean, are pushing people, are are trying to give them lotto tickets. That makes people like that more paranoid. Trying to give them free trips. That doesn't make people who are not vaccinated want to get vaccinated, okay? I've talked to people like this. You are not doing, you're not doing them any good. <laughs> oh, my God. But people are like, I ain't getting that I am legend. You know? Hey, I don't know. But I will say this. This is the last uh, 
uh, article. No, is it, no, I got one more I think I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to make it an end of this. Another vaccinate is another one I want to uh, read, which is pretty funny. But I will say this. You uh, you guys have to, uh, how can I say it? You have to be very careful about the propaganda that's coming out on both sides with the vaccine thing, okay? And it's a lot of propaganda on both sides, vaccinated, non-vaccinated, all of it. Just be careful what you hear. Make your decisions wisely, okay? Um What else? This article I'm going to end with because I thought it was pretty funny. And we'll make this the last article of the night. But uh, it is, uh, let's see, where do I have it? Do I have it up? It's from the New York Post. It says, California restaurant asked patrons to show proof of being unvaccinated. (laughs) They want hard proof. A California restaurant notorious for disregarding COVID protocols is doubling down on COVID, COVID, C, COVID, COVID, C, okay, it says, um, it is C, uh, by requiring patrons, patrons to prove that they haven't been vaccinated. From day one, never complied, banned masks, and now requiring proof of being unvaccinated. Read a recent Instagram post uh, by Basisco's Pasta Evino. In Huntington Beach. Now, be very careful here. I always tell people to be very careful about because usually, sometimes I don't know. Sometimes I feel like sometimes I got a I'm a conspiracy theorist in my head, and I feel like they target people when they do they go this hard against COVID. They try to you know I feel my you know I got a conspiracy theorist in my head that this is not animal made. You know, I feel like it's man made. And I feel like it's some wild shit going on. Like, they could target somebody just to say, look at him, he died, and he was telling people don't get the vaccine at this restaurant. You know, it's just weird. I'm, I'm that kind of person, though. <laughs> it says, we have zero tolerance for treasonous, anti-American stupidity. The non-viral notice added, um, a company pic showed the Italian restaurant emblazoned with signs read, notice, proof of being unvaccinated required. The Orange County eatery first found itself in social media viral crosshairs at the start of the pandemic 2020 after opting to remain open despite the statewide indoor dining shutdown, according to KTLA. It then defied mask mandates by requiring diners to remove their face coverings before sit down to eat. However, the most recent inflammatory policy might be purely performative. A bad a uh, Basico employee has uh, revealed that they haven't witnessed the restaurant actually screening patrons based on uh, VAX uh, status. The LA Times reported Tuesday, the anti-PPE uh, plaque cards are actually a tongue-in-cheek job at the lockdown tiny uh, tyrants that were requiring people to provide evidence that they're, they've received the shot. Restaurant owner Tony Roman wrote an email to the West Coast outlet We choose to fire another missile of defiance to further make our point in defense of American liberty and freedom, he said. And you know what? I kind of agree because I do think it's discrimination. And I think that when you uh, start saying, you know, you have to be vaccinated, it's like you have to show your papers like Gestapo or something. Where are your papers? Like at to go to a concert or papers to go to this and papers to go to, it's just fucking 
crazy. And besides that, it's it's a privacy issue, and it's like everything is being ignored. All these rules in society that were once set to protect our privacy, to protect our rights and liberties, now they go flying out the window because of COVID. Same thing about uh, during that happened with 9-11. Our, our right to privacy, private phone calls, private emails, and everything all went out the window with 9-11 in the name of protecting you. Suddenly, the Patriot Act was an act to not attack terrorists, but it was a te- they were listening to citizens. I think we had to be very careful. And that's what I want to end it with. Just we have to be very careful and very vigilant about rules being changed uh, in the midst of the pandemic when they, they first start off temporary and then they're suddenly changed to the way society is moving. Suddenly these, these aren't temporary rules anymore. Suddenly they're becoming a part of the structure of society and we are becoming something else. Through fear, just as we did 9-11 and now with COVID. Just something to think about. Just something to think about out here in these streets, okay? Just something to think about. Okay, and I want to say this. Shout out to Tavis Miley. I got to listen to one of Tavis Miley's shows. It was on uh, Tavis Miley's Back on the Air. I think I got to listen to his interview with Monique. I was listening to a couple of shows. I think he has a his own uh, radio, uh, like, what is it, his own radio station or something now? I think that's so cool. Tav has been through a lot. But, you know, he's, I always say the Roland Martins of the world, the Uncle Jeff's and all them, that, they ain't number Tav is not Tav. Tavis is the real deal. And, I, you know, I fully support Tavis being back. And, you know, I'm excited that uh, we get to hear the voice of Tavis Malley, especially during these days and times and politics and everything. So I don't always agree with Tavis. But it's always interesting to hear what Travis has to say. And plus, I really think he's for the good of, he really cares about black people, even if I disagree with some of the things he believes that has to happen. So, but it's good to hear his voice back on the air. So I was happy about that, y'all. Okay. All right. That's it. Is it the end? I think it is. I don't know if I got all of the uh, stuff out, but I got most of it. Okay, you guys, I want you guys to have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. I mean, no, it's not the weekend yet. It's not the weekend yet, but it's almost the weekend for me. Okay, enjoy your rest of your week. Have a good one. Uh, I won't be on Saturday, but God bless. I'll be back next Saturday, and we'll do this all over again. I'm sure there'll be more to talk about in this strange world we live in, okay? Uh, Maybe by then... Jeff Bezos will have a, you know, or, or one of these billionaires will be taking the first rapper to the moon. I don't know, you know, shit. I mean, they got money. They just, now they're expanding into space. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> so y'all have a wonderful, wonderful night. I will see y'all. Have a good one, okay? Oh, my goodness. I forgot. I hope you guys enjoy. Did you guys enjoy the full moon? I felt like this full moon was kind of cake. It's kind of wild, kind of chaotic, kind of like the full moon, the one that just happened on the 24th. Wasn't it like a consecutive full moon? You could see it two consecutive nights or something like that, something weird. I love full moon, so I was excited about it. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. But this one felt kind of strange. It felt like something was 
different brewing in the air. I know it's just me. You know, y'all know I'm weird, okay? I'm <laughs> I be saying I just be saying weird things, okay? All right, so you guys have a good one. I will see you. We're gonna go off with I don't know. What are we going off with? You know I never know. Okay. Um let's go off with Yearning for Your Love, the Gap Band, okay? It's the CC Show. I will see you guys next week. Let me go ahead and hit this up right now because I'm not coming back after I go off. You know, I normally come back with, you know, if you're listening to the sound of my voice, (laughs) you are listening to the archive show, okay? I'm doing this early. You guys can hit me up on my Facebook page, the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page. You can hit me up on Instagram at Carly's underscore Galaxy. You can also hit me up on Twitter. I have two accounts there. One I use more than the other. See Chatwood Show, which is the one I use, and Carlotta72. You're welcome to follow both of them, okay? Thank you, guys. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. We're leaving with Cat Band yearning for your love. I'm out. See y'all.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.